Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday. My voice is a little better than yesterday. Child, if you didn't listen yesterday, you missed out. We had a fabulous, fabulous show on yesterday because it was going down in the chat room yesterday. We was talking, we was talking all the good stuff. We was talking all the good stuff. But we want to welcome you to the show. We're going to get into that in a minute. Miss Tony is out. She will be out the next two episodes, but she will be back on the 17th. We will speedy recovery to the fabulous Miss Tony. She's still my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. Today we have a special co-host, the fabulous Maria. Hello, hey. hello, hello. Welcome I'm excited and so happy yes. to be here. We are wishing Tony a speedy recovery, and I, I'm just honored to be here today. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. So, child, let me get you caught up. So, yesterday, um, we had a show. It was our Mind, Body, and Soul segment, which was inspired by author um, Dicea Blount, okay? She did a post a couple of weeks ago about relationships, and she said relationships fail because people are looking to be desired rather than valued, that was our post mm. on yesterday. We had so many people that posted on our trending topic. Shout out to author Cash. He says, I think it has to be both. If I value a woman, but I don't desire her, that makes her a friend. If I desire a woman, but I don't value her, she's a temporary conquest. But if I have both desire and value for her, she is a keeper. Shout out to Cash out here talking that talk. Out, shout out, that's deep. Yes. And then we have author 
see Renee. She y'all know she always got something. She always got something, but she laid it out. She said there's definitely uh, validity to this, but I also think that being desired is important. People tend to say that sex isn't everything in a relationship, but it does play a part. So, <laughs> right, hey. hey. So then we had uh, Tamika Newhouse. And shout out to Tamika Newhouse. Y'all know we love us, Tamika, here on Let's Chat. She said, people are too busy trying to not be hurt, so no one is honest or authentic. And to be honest, a woman willing to build a man is mostly to have one. To be honest, a woman willing to build a man is mostly to have one, honest. No one wants to build anymore. Mm. Well, child, nowadays, do they know how? I think she said, um, to be honest, a woman willing to build with a man is mostly to have one. Yeah, I think she's to build with a man. man. Okay, I I thought you said build a man. That's what she. That's what she wrote. But I think she was saying nobody likes to build anymore. Nobody builds anymore. And I, I, okay, I, I think, think that sometimes they don't know how. What you think? Hey, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I feel that, and I think she meant to build with a man. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think it takes a real woman, and you know, it also it says in that word that you know a woman builds her house. But I think when you build with your mate then you have something together. And then building, you know, is when you don't have to say, well, I did this, or he could say, well, I did this. But when you do it together, then we did this. And there, that's uh, that's when you have that, that power. That's a power couple, a couple when you can build Absolutely. together. Absolutely. I remember a uh, post that said, um, I don't want a relationship because relationships hold you back. I want a partnership. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to build with. I want somebody. And, and that's really what we want. And I think a lot of times um, we 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 get into, as uh, Dicea would say, a build-a-bear. Well, we're out mm-hmm. here trying to build the man. But I think a lot of times, one, you are, we are imperfect people looking for perfection from another imperfect person. But that's just to cover or camouflage our own perfection, imperfections. You know what I'm saying? You look for people, like when people say men like arm candy, you only want arm candy because it it creates another layer of mask for you that people mm. don't have to see you. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of yes. times men are for the visual, but you need somebody that sees you. And for women, it's different. It's flip-flop. We see inside, outside. Like we see in you what you don't see in yourself before you even see it because that's what we do. That That's part of us. We have to be able to give our all. But men look on the outside first. They look on the outside before they get on the inside. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a flip-flop where they, they look at, yeah, they look at the appearance first, but most of the time a woman looks on the inside. And even if she's looking at your appearance, she's looking at things to give her more insight to you. She's looking at your teeth. That tells her that you take care of yourself. Looking at those shoes, girl. She's looking at your shoes. She's looking at your hands. Are are you knuckle-dashy? 
I mean, she's mm-hmm. looking at all of those things, and it might feel like, oh, that's just superficial. It tells you a little bit about the person. How much do you care about yourself? That's really what we want to know. That's right. And Absolutely. We had Nikki Intuitive in here, and she kicked the dough in. It was like people are not being healed from one relationship to the other. So they just hurt hopping from relationship to relationship. And then they get them familiar spirits. You talk about them familiar spirits. Now, y'all know what a familiar spirit is. That's where you meet a guy and you be like, oh, he reminds me of Sam. Or, you know, he reminds you of somebody you dated previously. And he reminds you of that person not because it's a good thing. He reminds you of that person because it's it's somebody you need to stay away from. Because if you go back and you think about why you're not with Sam, there's your familiar, you know, there's your familiarity right there. But she said those familiar spirits, them ain't good spirits. Mm. Those are caution signs. Oh, y'all had, oh, y'all had <laughs> church yesterday, huh? We had a good time yesterday. We was talking that mm. talk. We was talking that talk. Now, Justin, you know Justin. You yes. met him at the, uh, yes, Justin Q. Young. We love us some Justin here. He says, I think some relationships fail because people like the idea of being in one but don't know the sacrifices involved. Baggage from previous relationships and situations still carrying over. Trust is an issue. People want it easy and perfect. I can agree with, with Dyphia. Hell, all I have to do is scroll down my timeline and point out some of the pictures that are posted. You know, because most of the time people post pictures on Facebook. They're revealing pictures. They're pictures that you get attention and... He's saying that's a that's a problem. But, you know, when you talk about trust being an issue, this is my thing about trust. Most of the time you don't have a trust issue for somebody else. You have a trust issue of yourself, and that means that you don't trust your judgment. So most of the time when you give yourself or to somebody, if you give your all, they have you in a certain position. And that means that when you're like that, you can't trust your judgment. You don't really trust them, but you don't trust your judgment when it pertains to that person. So you're not mm. trusting yourself, the choices that you're going to make. And so people say, well, I got trust issues. I don't trust everybody. You don't trust everybody because you don't trust your judgment when it comes to everybody. That's good stuff, girl. Mm. And that's something to think about. That is something to think about. And I, I agree with that. Justin said a word there on that post. Did he? Uh, he said yes, something he did. serious. Well, y'all know, child, we always get started here in the chat room. We get to talking and we forget to open up the show. We got a fabulous show today. We have the cast from The Deal. Yes, they are going to be here coming to kick it with us live in the chat room. We got... Three fabulous, fabulous special guests. We got special guest actor and rapper um, Michael Mike Payne Davidson, director Jamal Johnson, and actor Brandon Bezo Turner. I'm gonna ask him how to pronounce that nickname and where that came from, because you know we could tear a name up here in the chat room. We could tear a name up, so we try not <laughs> to do that. We do, we do. Now y'all know we always like to give y'all something hot in the literary world. 
June is the place to be. Atlanta is the place you want to be. Yes, June in Atlanta, June 9th through the 11th, it's going to be a Black Writers Weekend. There's two book events going on, one put on by the fabulous Monique Hall and one put on by the fabulous um, Tamika Newhouse, the AANBC Awards and the um, African American Writers Expo. Those both are going to be here. Every author you can think about is going to be in the city of Atlanta. Every author that you don't see on a regular basis is going to be here in Atlanta. So if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure that you check my post. I have everything up where you can go and purchase tickets. Most of the events are free. There are some events where you do have to pay. I know that um, Eric Jerome Dickey is having a brunch, and I'll make sure I post that information. I know it's $40. But um, I'll post that information as well because I know there are tons of Eric Jerome Dickey um, readers that want to be able to kick it with him. And so I'm just excited because it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. Ashley and Jaquavis is going to be in town. You know, Miss um, Ella Curry, she's going to be in town. So we're so excited that that the the black authors are going to be out and about and we can be able to celebrate each other um, royally because both events are going to have a royal, royal function. Everything's going to be laid out. And then y'all know in July is the road to essence for MBP Publishing. Me, myself, and Miss Tony, we will be in the house. We're excited. We will actually be um, in Tamika's event in June. We'll be doing a... Um, a panel, a, a blogger, a radio show panel, and I'm excited about that. So we're going to post everything up so everybody can see it, be able to come out. Bazane is going to be out. Quan is going to be out. J.L. King is going to be out. Ian Joy is going to be out. The fabulous Legio Hunt, Wahida Clark. So if y'all want to go to the road of, to Essence, that's in July. Y'all make sure y'all keep your eyes open, but that's going to be live too because she's going to have any and every author you can think about there at her event as well. So I'm excited. We try to keep everything posted so we can keep y'all aware of what's going on in the literary world. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with that director, Jamal Johnson. <laughs> Can you 
Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Felicia, and we have our special co-host for today. Miss Tony is out. We wish her a speedy recovery, but we have the vast, fabulous Maria. She is coming to join us in the chat room on today. We got the fabulous cast from the deal that is in the chat room with us. We're going to kick it off with Director Jamal Johnson. He's about to kick in the chat room doors. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you so much. I got to say times a million. Thank you for having us up here. Thank you. We We're very humble. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys taking time out. Yes. We know you busy. Y'all got stuff to do. Y'all got your opening. <laughs> okay, so you got to you got to take us back now. Tell us about the deal, a little bit about it. Before you do that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey in Hollywood. Well, thank you so much. Well, Let's see, back in 1999 is when I first started doing film. Um, And, you know, long story short, there was a time where I actually fell out of the film industry because I didn't like the way it was going. Took a step back for a second and, you know, changed my business up a little bit. I changed it from just being a service-based business of just doing music videos, things like that, Um, and incorporated doing products in my business. And then, you know, it just grew from, you know, in our businesses, TMVTC or the Music Video Training Center. But it grew from just being a small little service-based business to where now we're like a media enterprise. Not only do we do production, but we also teach, you know, media stuff. So, you know, filming, editing, video game, app development. Um, we just grew from there. Um, and And – you know, somewhere along the lines, I just started producing, you know, our, our own stuff as far as TMVTC. And my whole thing is, is like, before I die, I want to tackle every genre of film that there is. You know, I, I want to give my shot at writing a story and then actually putting a movie together. Um, last year in theaters, we had Go Down, which was a suspense thriller. Before that, a few years before that, we had Telemarketers, the movie, um, you know, which was a comedy, an adult comedy. And now finally I get to tackle, you know, our first gospel movie, The Deal. And The Deal is about a struggling musician who believes he sold his soul to the devil. As soon as he gets everything back, you know, everything's on top. I mean, he's wilding and everything. He's soon hit with a disease that could kill him at any day. And through a a chance, you know, meeting with a, a pastor, He's scrambling in the hospital bed trying to find a soul, a way to save his soul from the devil. So, yes, <laughs> that's how it all came about. It was just an idea that I had, and, you know, it, it just started with my idea, but then we, it grew into a team of just everybody just really, really, really putting their heart and soul to make this better 
you know, Mike Payne, Cavio Sancost, and, um, and, and also, you know, Tanya Jackson, actually special shout out for, you know, her setting this up, you know, and her hashtags are I am blessed and um, takeover production, hashtag takeover production. And it's just this small little idea grew into something big. And, and here we are now with a sold out, you know, premiere tomorrow and we sold out in under two weeks. So thank you everybody. So. Wow. That is powerful. Now that is a word that is a testimony we appreciate you being able to just live and walk into your passion because a lot of times people don't do that. You know, you 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 have passion, but a lot of times fear stops us from doing so many things. And to step away and change things up to start pursuing your passion is awesome. Now, tell us what was going on. What was going on in your world when you decided the idea came to you and you said, let's do this? What was going on at that point in time that you felt like this needed to uh, come to life. My life is like a TV show. Sometimes it may be like Sons of Anarchy, or you never know what goes on. And so, like, I, I at that time, I'm not even sure because there's like so much going on in the course of seconds in my life that everything is just so crazy. And I, I just know that this was just a, a idea that I had, and I developed it. Um, you know, and and I, I guess at that time in my life where I was thinking, it was like we need to go ahead and tackle this gospel project before it lays on the table any longer than it has. And, and, and we just launched it. We just went on with it. Absolutely. Now, did you get any like fallback or, you know, backlash from um, taking something like that? Um, and, and, and especially with the church, did you get any backlash that people say, no, no, that's going to go off. I'm, I'm not quite sure if you should do it like that. How how did the people receive uh, you bringing this to life? Well, uh, but I'm, I, that's funny that you asked that. I don't know yet because only the only you know a few of the cast members have seen it. The thing about oh. the deal is, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're sitting on the edge of our seat. Y'all, he's spilling tea, y'all. Y'all, y'all got y'all tickets, but y'all know. Pay attention. Two minutes and 54 seconds, Fred, that is you. You may not know it, but he's telling your business. He's telling you, you spilling tea. You spilling folks' tea. No, Ooh, it's, you spilling um, tea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, um, and and I haven't got any feedback yet. See, the thing about the deal, the deal is not like your regular faith-based gospel movie. I mean, it has this gospel and faith-based element tones to it, but this movie is totally, totally down to earth. You know, I, you know, we made it for everybody. It's it's is we made it literally to try to fit everybody. I mean, we put a story in there that I feel like everybody can relate to but you know it does have its faith-based punchline at the end but it's not all preachy and you know you know like that you know it's just very down to earth and it's just a a, a normal story so i don't know what the (laughs) i I don't know what the church crowd is going to see but tomorrow we shall see he's getting ready to find out isn't he right (laughs) He kept that under wraps tight. He was like, no, we're going to go ahead. It's under wraps real tight. 
Uh-huh. Still see that. You might have to have him back next week so you can find out the, <laughs> right, the we, story. <laughs> right, we got to find out what happened. Yeah, we got to have you back like, what happened? Ooh, and I and I would love it. Like I said, I, I you know I can't say thank you enough for even having us up there. And we would love to come back and tell you what went down at the at the yes, red carpet premiere. <laughs> and Kwame, yeah, I just want to know. <laughs> absolutely, and I love Tanya. She's like, I wish you could come. I said, I wish I could fly to Virginia too, child, because I sure would be there to support her. I'm so proud of her, and and she's always showing us love, and she just pushed so hard for her brand and so hard to do the things that she really wants to do, and she's been through so much. So we really appreciate her here on Let's Chat. Let's talk about the casting. Now, you sit in the direct, director's chair. How How did the casting come about? Well, the way that the casting came about was when I was writing the story, and this is kind of like where when I always write a story, I have my key people in mind that, so so like I was writing the pastor, or even before I started writing the pastor, I knew that I wanted Bezo to be the pastor, but I also played around with the possibility of, you know, should we have an older woman? You know, I played around with different possibilities, but ultimately – I know who I want. So I actually at first we had somebody else casted for Mike Payne's part, but the only reason why is because it didn't occur to me that Mike would kill. I didn't even think to ask him. So when it finally came to recasting his part, I knew automatically go to him. So I've always got it in my head when I write my characters, who do I know that can fit these characters? And that makes it easier for me to cast. And I pretty much just write the characters or their actions or everything based around how this particular person that I know works and how they act and everything. So it just makes casting easy for me. Now, as far as the female roles, because there's two major female roles in here, Mike actually helped me out with casting for that part. Uh, So, you know, it was just a, a one for me coming up with, okay, I want these people that I know to play these parts, but there was other parts where once we got the ball rolling that needed to be filled, we came together as a team and said, okay, these people need to play this. And then we always hire, hire our actors that in Virginia. So, so that's what it was like pretty much casting. Absolutely. Now, so you got the cast, you, you got the script done and you're ready. What was the hardest part about uh, bringing this to fruition? Actually, the hardest part was the editing part. Um, So it took us, we started December, I believe, 4th or 5th of 2018 and finished right before Christmas. I mean, we had a couple of pickup shots like after Christmas that we did, but pretty much principal photography was finished like maybe two or three days before Christmas or so. But then from that point on, it took us maybe about eight months. I can't remember what. Well, no, what was that January, February, March, April, May, June, well, May. So, yeah, however many months that is, it took us that long to film it. But within that time, we're talking about like 12 times the movie was done and then tore apart down back to its frame and started back over again. So that was the hardest part. But it, but it helped create the story that we have now so I'm not complaining by far absolutely I understand that so you know we we do a lot of things literary here on 
um, Let's Chat. We love to um, support and just celebrate literature and arts, and we like to do it the royal way. And, you know, mm-hmm. your movie is still an art form, and it is writing. Um, when there are so many authors that want to take their books and they want to turn their books into movies, mm-hmm. could, if you could drop five jewels on them during this process or to get this process started, what would you say? Okay, let's see. Good question. Let's see. One, you can fund the movie by yourself. Um, you're, I mean, I believe anyway, if you're creative enough to write a book, then I think you're creative enough to figure out how you can fund the movie yourself without having to go with anybody. So one, you might not know it yet, but you can fund the movie yourself. Um, two, you may not know how to edit now, but buy yourself an editing system because it's easy to learn. And then two, it'll save you hundreds of thousands of dollars on editing. Like I said, it's something simple that you can learn yourself. Let's see. Three, I would say – you know what? I'm not sure about three, four, and five because your main problems is really, for real, for real, funding, which a lot of people just like, I can't fund a movie. Yes, you can. I mean, I'm not the richest person in the world, and I'm funding my movies, so you you can too. So the main thing – you know what? No. The third jewel, the third jewel that I want to drop – it's just do it. Like you said something about not having no fear. And that's one thing that I like live off of. I don't, I'm not scared of anything. I just go, I just live a, a fun, crazy life. And I just have fun with life. And a part of that comes from not being afraid of anything, anyone doing anything. I'm not scared to ask anybody, anything. It's just, you ha- you got to have no fear. And like, if you feel like, you can take your book and make it into a movie, lose that fear and take that jump. The worst that can happen is nothing, but if something happens, then, hey, you just made yourself a ton of money. So just go out there and do it. And I'm lost on the other two. You got me, yo. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Well, I have a question for you. Um, Growing up, growing up, who was your role model and why? Ah, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Role model for me. If I had, if I have to go back and say, the first role model that I remember would actually have to be Stephen King. Um, Stephen King, Ooh. when I first, yeah, when when he he told the story when I saw it, it was. One of the first movies that I remember seeing, it was on a school night, and I had nightmares for days, even after it aired the second night, because you know the movie aired in two parts. So I had many, many, many role models growing up. But if I can remember back to my first, it was like, I wanted to be. And then everything else that he's done after that, you know, it, it would definitely be Stephen King. Now, I know I had a whole lot more, but right off the top of my head, he stuck out because every story that he told, I know that. I wanted to tell stories as good as he did because I'm a horror buff. I'm a horror buff. I love comedy and I horror, love horror movies. And he just nailed it. And I said, one day, I want to be able to make movies just like him. And and 
you know, and and yeah, that he was definitely it for me. Oh wow! Okay, so do you think you will come out with a horror film? Absolutely, I've been, and in fact, for the last like three years, actually, I've been actually trying to come up with an idea for one. I think I have one now. I actually think okay. I have an idea for a whole horror movie, and yeah, I'm just going to see if I can, you know, you know, no pun intended, take a stab at it and then see what comes <laughs> of it, you know. <laughs> well, I know that's awesome. going to be great. I know it's going to be great. You're going you're gonna to put your mind to it. You're going to figure out how to make it happen. And that's that's really all you can do. When you have something that's put on your spirit to do, you got to do it. And sometimes in that process, you lose things. You lose people. You lose places. It's just, But those things were not meant for you to take with you when you go. So I say go for it. I'm excited. I wanna, when you get your next horror film now, you got to let me and T know so that we can come through. You know. I will. Be I will, I will. Know who we are. We be knocking oh, on the door, open. Now, I'm going to be more like knocking the y'all door, like, yo, I'm trying to get on with y'all again. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We have our next fabulous guest. He has been in the chat room many times, many, many times. We have shared his music, and we are excited to know what's been going on and what he's been cooking in his creative kitchen. Hey, Mike Payne, how are you? I'm great. How you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, you, you come up, you've been on here for a, a while, um, but you got to let us know what you what you got going on music-wise. We know you got the, you're casted in the deal, but you got to get us up to full speed on what's been going on in your creative world. Yeah, I've been doing a whole lot. Um, I got, of course, the deal uh, will be premiering tomorrow, so I've got that going on. I've got another movie uh, called Tidewater that's going to be coming out, um, you know, uh, probably at the end of the year. Um, this, oh, and I've been doing stage plays in between. Musically, what I've basically been doing is uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, reinventing myself a little bit, coming out with another side of me, because, you know, it's kind of to the point where, you know, you ask God, like, where, 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 what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, and, and, and I get to those points sometimes. And, you know, um, so recently I just came out with a, a Black History Project for kids. So I just did that, and um, it's, it's starting to move through the school system now. And, you know, it's kind of slow or whatever. It's a lot of paperwork involved and, you know, with the curriculum and stuff like that. But it's a, um, it's a good project for kids around uh, maybe seven, I'd say about, three years old to 12 and um it's already on spotify it's already on title itunes all those type of things but it's called hip-hop black history volume one absolutely look at you now a lot of people don't know your backstory a lot of people don't know your backstory for the all of those that don't know your backstory because it's awesome tell everybody just a little bit about your backstory yeah, with me is uh, it's, it's a little different. With hip hop music, I didn't get to come into hip hop till a little later, uh, because of the simple fact my mom didn't let me listen to anything with cursing besides Tupac and Ice Cube because she liked the message. You know what I'm saying? So I listened to the Pac and the Ice Cube. By the time I heard that, 
it was kind of like, you know, some of the greats like uh, Rakim and KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane and all that was pretty much phased out, you know, as far as, you know, uh, rapping. So, you know, it was hard for me to hear that type of music and just be like, you know, it, it just seemed old to me. So, it, you know, it's kind of hard to hear somebody that actually does hip hop say that. But then I had to take myself back and study those guys and really listen to what they were talking about and, uh, and understand it. And, um, you know, so I did that. And being, you know, I'm, I'm originally born in Wisconsin, so that's the Midwest. I'm right by Chicago, kind of, and um, it's just a, it's, it's just a different uh, environment as far as hip hop goes there. And uh, yeah, so that that's how I kind of got into the music scene. Absolutely. Now you're casted in the deal. We we heard a little bit yeah. about how how the part came about. Tell us from from your perspective, being cast in and it's a you're a hip hop artist and it's a gospel movie. Tell us a little bit about um the concept and how you the character you play and how you mm-hmm. decided to character the life. Well, it's kind of funny how um how all the whole movie came about because I uh it recently <clears throat> he came to me Jamal he came to me with a a concept of uh of a character that was you know having having a uh issue and he kind of had a um a illness uh, did he tell y'all that already? No, he didn't tell us he that, but you did. Go on, still the tea. Y'all still the tea. <laughs> I don't want to tell you too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so he he has these issues, I'll say that. And um he came to me with that idea. And what I what I did was when when he brought it to me, I came with a couple ideas also. I was like, Man, we should put it together like this and he was like, Yeah, we should do it like this and you know, we just bounced ideas back and forth and pretty soon the uh the project evolved into what it is now. And um we also the way me and Jamal met was I did a, a video for an, uh, a neighborhood called Black. Uh, the video is called Black on Black. And um, it was because a mentally ill man was shot in Tidewater by the police. And so I went to the neighborhood. I talked to the family. And um, this was during their time of grieving. They were actually sitting in there uh, having, what's it called when, you know, everybody signs the, the, the paper, you come in, and, you know. You, uh, the wait. And then. Yeah, it's like the wake. They were having that, at, you know, at the house with the family and stuff. And I didn't know them from nothing. You know what I mean? I just heard about it. I heard about the situation. And <clears throat> me being the way I am and trying to help in the community and stuff like that, I just couldn't really believe it. And I was like, wow. I was like, you know, something should be done about it. So I went and I talked to them. And it was kind of hard because I felt like I was, you know, I, I didn't want to impose on, you know, what they had going on right at that moment. But I told them something, you know, I want to do something. Something needs to be done. And, you know, that's what we did. And we put together that video and we put together that song. And uh, we had the elders, the kids, everybody came out. And it it was real big. And Jamal shot that video. So what we did was when we came to this movie, the deal, it's about a guy who wants to do the right thing. He wants to put out, you know, great music that inspires people. But when he goes and talks to like the labels, it just you know, it, it it it's hard for them to accept that because they want what's already out. They want the trap music. They want the dope. They want the this, that, and the other. And that happens in my real life. You know, when I when I try to do certain music, because every once in a while I get an itch. To, I just don't like doing music that has no meaning to it. So I try to you know do some things that just you know feel good to the heart and what I just really feel like doing. 
but they like you to be one dimensional and they like you to just be this way so that you can gain a certain amount of fan base from, you know, from that group of people or whatever. And that, you know, and start off from a uh, ground level, but, um, you know, so I did that and, you know, it, it, it was in real life and it, it trans it transferred into the movie. So that kind of helped me with that side of the role, you know, as far as, um, as far as what he has to go through. So he, he goes through a whole lot and there's a whole lot of different sides to him in, in, in this movie. Absolutely. Now, you were just nominated uh, twice for Best Actor and Best Conscious Rap Artist, and that was at the 6th Annual Black Men uh, Rick Image Awards. Tell us about that. Congratulations. Black Men Rock uh, Image Awards. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, tell us about it. Tell us about it. How did you feel? How did you find out? Yeah, shout out to uh, Jacoby. He's uh he's the one in charge of it all. And um, you know, he I saw that my name was on the list. You know, he was like, "Hey, you've been doing it for a long time." And the conscious rapper surprised me, uh, to be honest, because you know, I've never really <laughs> thought of myself as a conscious artist. Excuse me, I never thought of myself as a conscious artist. I always just did what I wanted to do and what I felt like doing. And you know, I, a lot of my music beforehand was strictly you know, kind of the LL type for the girls, for the ladies and stuff like that, because that's the music I like to do. You know, I love the melodies of R&B mixed with rap. So I was using a lot of that music, but then it came to the point where I just told myself and I was listening to the radio. I said, I just really don't want to leave earth without putting something together that was really meaningful and that really had some type of substance. So you know, that's when I started, you know, making other types of music and just, you know, saying, hey, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, and and it, it's come about really good. And, and once I started doing that, you know, it just it just felt good because, you know, I have people come up to me and they're just like, wow, my kid loved this and, you know, such and such, I love that. And then now I'm getting uh, nominated for the Conscious Award because of the uh, Hip Hop Black History CD I did. And, uh, and of course, the Black on Black song I did. And last year I won uh, actor of actor of the year for uh, the movie Incomplete, and this year I'm nominated for the deal. So yeah, I, I, I'm 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 totally blessed. <laughs> it feels good. Congratulations! We are so proud of you. You just do making you. it do what it do, and any and everything that you are striving to do, we wish you nothing but continued success. But I have a question for both oh, of you guys. Man. What was the best mm-hmm. part about working with this cast? We'll start with Jamal. The best part about working with this cast is, no, well, one, everybody was hardworking. They brought stuff to the table. Um, I mean, it was just a, a perfect team. But what really, really stood out is what happened behind the camera and all the, the funniness, the craziness. And it was hard work, but it was still good times. And, you know, no matter how long we were shooting, I mean, one day I think we shot for, I think, almost maybe like 14 hours. Even, you know, that we were still laughing and having a good time, you know, tired, but we were still laughing. And I think, you know, that's that's really what sticks out as far as being the best about working with this whole cast and crew. Absolutely. I love it. Mike, did we lose him? He'll call back in. We might have lost. Oh, like here he go. All right, and Mike, for you, the best part about working with this cast. Oh man, the best part about working with the cast. The, the cool thing is I've worked with uh, some some of the people in the cast before, but then I got to meet some new people also. 
and um, I, I guess it was just it was fun. You know, we we had a, we had a fun time. Uh, you know, just sitting and going through the bloopers and you know having all the little funny moments and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it, it was just a really good time. Everybody had a good attitude, so that usually makes it. You know, that really makes a a, a difference when you're on set with a good group of people that you know can laugh and have fun, and we can still get the job done. So. Yeah, that that was that was the best part for me. There was some actually, uh, there was some actually kind of like scary supernatural stuff that actually happened that we kind of remember too. So like, yeah, that's actually memorable too. Right. <laughs> Would you like we to want to laugh little... too? Right. Yeah, we <laughs> just want to laugh too. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, there. For instance, there was one scene in where Mike and there was a few other people that was in the studio, and we were recording this long take. And our sound guy, you know, if of course he's our sound guy. If something would have happened, or if he would have heard a noise or anything to interrupt the sound, he would have said something. I mean, this is a trained guy and everything. So we go through the takes and everything. I get back to the house, and even now, it's still in there. Both mics, one was hooked up to a camera, but one was, you know, on its own, kind of like, you know, by itself, was still picking up some kind of weird audio in the back. And it spread across both mics, but it wasn't heard by the actual sound guy. So we definitely picked up something in while we were filming that I don't think we were supposed to pick up. But I just ignored when I come to that part. So it doesn't work. (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have good times. I that might be a it. part of your horror film, Jamal. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there we go. That Faith, would be yeah. freaky, too. There you go. Now, we now not, you have a piece. Yeah, we're not going to oh, ask actually, no that actually that sound right, away. Straight. right. You, you can go and write that on in there. And uh, we're not going to ask for no coinage. Just make sure, you know, when we get to the door, we're knocking on the door to make sure you open the door. Let us all on in. I'm Word, not even going to you for that one. Shoot, hey, actually, hey, you kind of got my gears rolling on that. So, hey, y'all oh. heard it first, yo. Y'all heard it first. Uh-huh. Uh, just, just, just have put our tickets for Maria, Maria and Leisha at the door. <laughs> no problem. And, and, and just done. have her name rolling. You know, at the end of the credits, you know, you got all the people that just make sure you got Maria Flint just rolling, rolling too. <laughs> there, there you go. I'm not even charging nope. for that. Now, if you need a, if you need to cast me in it, you know, I'm available. Hey, and I'm gonna hold you up to it. I'm gonna hold y'all both to it too, for real. <laughs> but let me ask um, each one of you: um, What have you learned about yourselves during this production? We'll start with Jamal. I learned that every single day, my mind is expanding beyond this universe to think outside the box to to get things done. I mean. I'm really, 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 really seeing that I don't have a cap in my head on on anything. I, I, I feel that every like second that I progress in life, like that's what I'm learned that's what I learned about it on my set, like it's it's everything's unlimited. Like it's just everything is unlimited. You just you say what you want and then make it happen. So I'm finding it easier for me to do that, especially during this production. I'm finding it easier and easier to do that even now. So that's amazing. Awesome. Mike? Mike still on? Yes, I'm here. 
Yes, same and, question uh, for you. What have you learned about yourself during this production? This whole time period for me was uh, it was real crazy because I I've been going through a transition, you know, just in myself in general and trying to figure out, you know, what my purpose is, what my gift is, uh, how do I translate that through what I love to do and stuff like that. And just with shooting this film, I just, I I really started to learn that there's nothing I can't do. There's not a role that I feel like just can't play. Um, You know, because with with this role, I actually had to play like three different people, (laughs) but um, you know, it, it, it was, it was a little challenging, but I loved it. I enjoyed the process. And I, I just learned the sky's the limit. And I, and during that time period, I really started putting all the little pieces together. You know, I used to just always ask, you know, hey, God, show me which way I need to be going. I don't care which way it is. Just show me which way I need to be going. And uh, I love it. Man, I love so many it. things were put in the right place. You know, things were just put, little little stuff. And it never would come when I when I actually asked for it. But all in all, sooner or later stuff was just coming and it would keep coming. It was like, you know, cause I, I, I don't think I was ready to receive everything that I was, I, I, that I've been doing. And I didn't think that um, it was just my time to do it. it. It just wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. And it just mm. seems like in the time it came and, you know, I would sit there and get depressed. I'd be depressed for days and weeks. <laughs> Sitting there like, man, this is, crazy. this is crazy. You know, your phone dry, ain't nothing popping, ain't nothing going on. And then all of a sudden everything's going on. So, I learned a whole lot. I learned a whole lot through this whole process. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Well, we, we know everything next... happens in a... Re- oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry, Alicia. No, no, go ahead, Rhea. No, I was just saying, well, you know, with doing that dry spell, you know, everything happens for a reason and in a season. So Absolutely. you're in your season right now. So we, you know, you just have to walk in it. And it seems to me that you are walking in it. So I'm excited for you. I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I can't wait to see what's next. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to add to that because, you know, a lot of times we do things and, and fear. We talked a little bit about fear stopping you from making certain moves. And sometimes you mm-hmm. have to make those moves, but you find that things and elements, once you step over that fear, start to fit. You know, it's just Absolutely. like how it fits. You're amazed, like, dang, this just really fits. You know, you got people right. that fit, you got places that, but things and pe- it just fits. It's not where you got a right. force to fit. It's, it's it's an easy fit, like it was seamless. Mhm. And that's what happened with my uh with my history project because I I intended on putting that out like last year, maybe the year, uh, the year before. I actually wanted to put it out during Black History Month, and during that time I was doing a whole bunch and I was trying to you know I was in and out of town trying to do my little tours and stuff like that. So it was like, man, I just don't have the time. I don't have the money to really put towards that project right now. I'm pushing other projects, and it just didn't happen. And then when it came to this year, I was just like, you know what? I'm doing these stage plays. Now I'm doing this. I'm busy again. I was like, I don't care what it takes. I have to do it. And what people don't know is I wanted it to be released during Black History Month, but Black History Month was uh, coming up, I think, maybe six days. Uh, once I made this decision, it was in six days. And once I had everything together before I could do it, so I ended up writing, recording, and getting that project mixed down all within four, four and a half days, uh, the whole project. And and then I just put it out. You know, I just did it. I put the artwork together. I, I had everything together, and I put it out. 
and, and, and great. But you know that that's what like you're saying with no fear and just do do what you're supposed to do. Uh, do what feels right for you and what's natural. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't sit there and make my promo plan like I normally do or, you know, go to all these different resources and find this out and that out. I didn't do any of that. I just did it and put it out. And that was one thing that I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a planner. I'm a really big planner. But uh, I just did what I had to do, and it worked out for me. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. We have our next guest. We got the pasta. Mm-hmm. Hey, Pastor Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 that's Pastor Turner, Pastor Turner. Hey. Oh, excuse me, Pastor Turner. He in the building. All right. For all of those right that are <laughs> Everybody got this straight. Sit back. <laughs> now, for all of those that do not know your journey into Hollywood, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, uh, Oh, yeah, well, wow. It's a lot of work and everything. Well, first of all, of course, my name is uh, Brandon uh, Bezel-Turner. Um, I have a, a company called Page Turner Entertainment where I do uh, TV shows and uh, documentaries. Um, uh interviewed a lot of well-known people. Um, first of all, let me say this, this is very odd because normally I'm the one interviewing people, so it's kind of like really <laughs> – Really, really crazy and stuff. I'm, I'm actually excited to, to to actually get interviewed. Um, but uh, yeah, I started Pacer Entertainment about three years ago, um, and uh, Jamal hit me up. Was like, "Yo, hey, you be you you got that look of a pastor," and I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, you got that look of a pastor. Y'all want you to play in this movie called The Deal," and I was like, "You know what? Just a step outside the box. Sign me up." So that's where that, that's where I'm at now. All right. Look at you. Okay, so what what went into you putting yourself into that part? Because, you know, you think pastor is like, shoot, I don't know. You know, last week I was out hanging out, and, you know, I'm a pastor now. Uh, how was that? How was how was that process for you? I, You know, I occasionally, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I don't have the best perfect attendance in going to church. But I do go to church, <laughs> and I, I do <laughs> – Definitely uh, watch, you know, the deacons or the deaconess or the pastors actually sermons and how they move and their demeanor. Um, so, you know, me going to church and everything and me watching them, it was just only right. It was it was just only right. And then, of course, you know, you have to hold yourself to a certain stature and, you know, just definitely, you know, God bless you, you know, be positive, stay focused, be optimistic. All right. Now, when you decided to take on this role, who did you go to for, um, I know you watched, but who did you go to um, just to get a, a little taste of that world? Because filling the pastor's shoes, even in a movie, that's that's a lot. Yeah. You know, because they, they do a lot. So who was that right. your yeah. one go-to person that you went to and was like, look, this is the role I got, and this this is what I got to do? Uh. I actually used to. I'm just going to add another person. One was Dr. Joan Parrott. She's the uh, pastor of First Baptist Church in Virginia, and then uh, also my mother, because when I told my mother that I was doing it, she just gave me a look, and then she was like, "All right, son, you know you you got to do what you got to do, but you better represent." So I was like, "Yes, ma'am, definitely, yes, ma'am." So those are the two people that I actually uh, you know studied and watched. But definitely Dr. Joan Parrott uh, from First Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia. 
Absolutely. And I love the Virginia love. I I love the fact that you, Jamal, you cast from the state of Virginia. You know, a lot of times people bring people from the outside in, and, and you really like to uplift and expand and grow with the with people that are actually in the industry in the state of Virginia. What made you want to be able to say, we getting our people from right here and we going to put them on? You know, although I wasn't born here, I was actually born in Texas, but I've lived here for probably about, well, I think maybe like 25 years now, probably longer than that now. And I remember a time where I used to be like, man, I hate Virginia. I'm never going to live here. I'm never going to live here. But that was when I was young and, you know, on some other stuff. But, you know, now, I'm, I mean, and this has been kind of like years. It's like i kind of been on a different, you know, a, a level where, like, I'm going to die here. I love Virginia now. You know, I love, I, I love Virginia. You know, I hated Virginia for the laws and stuff like that, stupid stuff. But, you know, I love Virginia to death and everything. And and my point in saying all that is that I want to help here. You know, there's so there's there's so much talent in Virginia and it's not recognized the way that it should be. And, you know, even if I'm one percent of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, helps shows or helps put the right people in the spotlight here, the, here, the people that deserve it, then I want to be at the, the forefront of that and to be able to say, you know, one, not only do we hire, we never use like free actors, but we hire our actors, but we also hire businesses in the area to help complete these movies and everything. And it's all about just, you know, giving back to the community and help strengthening it through giving people jobs and the opportunity to be in media. So, that's why I'm so hard on that. I'm very hard on that. I love it. I love it. Now, Brandon, tell us about Page Turner Entertainment. Uh, yeah, Page Turner was started uh, back in 2014 um, just to provide uh, different uh, ideas as far as TV shows. Um, you know, when you look at TV and everything, you know, all you see is, you know, a lot of drama. Uh, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of negativity. And, you know, Paige Turner was basically founded on positivity or being informative. Um, What I'm doing right now is um, I'm actually building, uh, I might as well just say it, I'm building a TV network where um, it's going to be very informative, um, very educational uh, for people. Um, As black people, people of color, you know, we were taught to um, be the norm um, and, you know, get up, <laughs> go to school, you know, go to college, graduate from high school, go to college, find a job if you can find one <laughs> nowadays, um, uh, get married, have kids, get a station wagon, get that house with the picket fence, keep working, keep working, keep working until you die. Well, there's more to that. Of course, you know, there's definitely stepping outside of the box and, you know, traveling and networking and meeting people. I represent those people. Um, So what Paige Turner is uh, trying to provide is a different outlook on life Um, as far as traveling, meeting people. And most people are, you know, existing. They're not living. So, you know, with Paige Turner, we're trying to, you know, open people's minds um, as far as investing, as far as starting a business up 
as far as, you know, networking and, and doing things that you would like to do and make it a passion. And, you know, when it becomes a passion, you technically don't have a job. So that's the, the kind of high that I'm on right now. That's where Paige Turner is going. I love it. All right, y'all. So mm-hmm. I got the question. Y'all know y'all be y'all, y'all be in the news watching. I'm gonna say Kanye. Now, I want everybody to you know just you know what what do y'all think? What you know? I, I kind of felt like he was not explaining. Like he was talking faster than he was thinking faster than he was talking. So he couldn't explain what he was saying to us so that we were clear. But all all three of you guys being a creative mind, um, Mike being in in the music industry, let's talk a little bit about it. We don't have time. We're not bashing Kanye because he was a lot of stuff he was saying. It made sense, but you have to add to it. It was like uh, it didn't. His thought wasn't developed all the way. But it's like he was just so excited that he could talk about what was in his mind and feel free to talk, to express himself. You, I could tell he was right. excited about that. But Jamal, what do you think uh, from a uh, as a black man living in Virginia, um, in the industry? Well, what are your thoughts? Nothing. Cricket. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was saying. I actually see why. I under. I see and I understand why he said that. Because I, I think, you know, all of us on the phone, we come from a different place to where we challenge whatever we want. You know what I mean? We challenge cops. We challenge what we don't like. We challenge everything. And it's easy for uh, even us, it's easy for, you know, him to maybe say that as far as like, well, if I was there, I would have challenged and I wouldn't have stood for 400 years of slavery. So I kind of just think that he's coming from a place when he said that. One, he was excited, like you said. But then, two, it's easy to say that when none of us has ever been slaves or anything or even had to even go up against the, the possibility of having to to be, you know, having having that thing, like having to feel like it's a choice to be slavery because you got to think, like, are you thinking that choice that they're saying as far as, like, being slaves forever, that choice of them not standing up and fighting and killing all the white people or something? Is that what you're coming from? So it's like you got to kind of like, yeah, it's just like that's how I took it. I didn't take it wrong because, like, I feel like I kind of think a little bit like him. I get excited and I'll say whatever. And I think he, I think that he was coming from a – I actually think he was coming from a good place. It's just – Everybody's not going to get what you're trying to say, and, and you know, as long as you're okay with that, then he should be okay with that and not care what anybody says. So, that's what I think. Absolutely. And Mike, what are your thoughts? I, I think the place Kanye was coming from is the sunken place. That's what I think. Oh. I, I honestly <laughs> think he's a, I think he's a complete clown for even even saying that. You know, like. For one, we have to hold certain people at certain standards. You know, he came from, you know, he's from Chicago. He did the college dropout. He was a <laughs> conscious person before. So it's not like I, I don't expect him to not know anything about history. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for him to say that he, <laughs> I mean, and, and truthfully, even for other black people to endorse that train of thought and even think about like, oh, wow, yeah, there was more slaves than there were slave masters. Maybe maybe Kanye's right. I think they're, they're, they're pretty much clowns too, in my opinion, because <laughs> if, if, you really, if you really look at what, what slavery was and you look at all the different things they did to the men just to make the women extra independent, and, 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 and the women had to depend. Like, when you hear that saying, I'm a strong black woman and all that like that, that comes all the way from the grandmothers and great-grandmothers that used to have to watch watch the flock and all the other kids and stuff because either the men were getting killed or they would rape the men. They called it buck-breaking. They, uh, they castrated the men in front of the women just to show them that that man can't help them. You know, they would beat them, beat them constantly. They would rape the women to make the man stand outside and listen. You know, they do pay, the thing where you put the paper bag over your head and, and make you have sex to breed uh, the bigger slaves, and you would end up finding out that that was, you know, your your sister or your mother you was having sex with. So, you know, it, those are the things, the mental games they were playing. You know, these are the different things they would do, and, and it wasn't like slaves didn't revolt. I mean, even here in Virginia, we had uh, Nat Turner. You know, he revolted, you know, and, and look how that ended up. You know, it, it, it's hard, and then you got to look at the people that were born into slavery. You know, they, where are they going to go? They don't know nothing but the plantation. How are they just going to jump up and get away? You know, like for for Kanye to come out and just say these things with no responsibility or forethought is completely ridiculous to me. I don't understand how he gets there. But now, if it was a marketing scheme for him, for him to just sell records, okay, you you did that. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's listening, everybody's talking about it. So. Yeah, but I couldn't personally do anything for money. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, I just can't sell everything out <laughs> for money and, and just to say something wildly crazy and irresponsible like that. And what I mean by the black community accepting it, because like uh, I believe it was Shine. Shine said, he came out and said, if that would have been somebody talking about the Holocaust and the Jewish community would have not accepted that person. You know, hip hop artists talking about the Holocaust was a choice. You know, imagine if somebody came out and said that. They would go completely bonkers. But us as black people, with no unity, first thing we do is debate. You know what I'm saying? Like, this could be a, a, a logical thing Kanye is talking about. No, it's unacceptable. <laughs> Absolutely. And Brandon? Well, I, I have to kind of agree with, with both of them, but more on Mike's side. Um, you know, slavery is a choice. Nah, you know, with slavery and everything includes Jim Crow and some of the laws that we currently have right now and probably that's pending uh, right now. Um, you know, we're not that far from it. Um, my grandmother still living. She used to pick cotton, you know, and that says a lot to me. It says a lot that, you know, we're not that far from, you know, that type of working in that type of struggle and everything. The only thing I could think of for, as far as Kanye saying that is when Malcolm X said that, it, if y'all remember the movie, it was more so of like he was on TV and the guy was asking him like, you know, why are you spitting, up, spitting out so much venom, black supremacy? And then he started to talk about the black slaves, the slave in the house and the slave outside. Of course, the slave inside feels great. He got clothes on his back. He got scraps from the from the master. You know, he gets to play the fiddle. 
he gets to do whatever. And then you got the, the slaves on the outside who are working their butts off 15, 16, 17 hours a day just to get cotton and everything and cotton it up and everything. So um, I was thinking that he was thinking in that direction because when the, when the slave on the outside is like, look, we can run, he'd be like, well, well I'm not going to do that. I'm living good. I think that's where Kanye is coming from. And I don't think that's a good look because in the same essence, man, we all been, I mean, realizing that slavery has brainwashed or has so much effect on all the generations from the 1600s all the way up to down. Slavery wasn't a choice. Kanye, Kanye could have did a lot better than that. And he's, he's getting that OJ mentality. If you, you heard Jay-Z songs, you know, I'm Kanye, but little do he know, that that could be turned around very, very swiftly, very quickly. So I'm not really in agreement to the Kanye West with the slavery is a choice. I have a picture of my great-great-grandfather. Whenever I, I start complaining or getting on the verge of complaining, I look at him. He comes from Mississippi. Mississippi is by far, from what they were telling me and from what my grandmother was telling me, Mississippi was like the worst place you could be for a black person. Worst place. Literally for him, he had to literally escape Mississippi so he wouldn't get lynched. So is slavery a choice? <laughs> All right, Kanye. All right. All right. I'm going I'm to let him be great. I don't agree with it. I don't. Now, he did on his Twitter, he did go back and clarify. Because if you look at the interview, Kanye doesn't do well in a situation where it's so much going on. Because I think that he was so restricted by his thoughts personally. Like sometimes you're so restricted by your thoughts. When, you, when you're able to think and feel free for real, you get excited. And so he needs a PR person for one because interviews should not Badly. be done. Mm-hmm. Interviews should not be done at all. I, I, I understand a little bit about what he was saying, but I had to add to it. You know, and I think he was trying to speak on the lack of unity. But during that time, you had people that decided to stay as slaves because that's all they knew. You know, they they were one place, and then now they're another place. They were less broken, they were less um, bloody, and they were less naked. And they had to learn how to rebuild themselves. And you know, everybody knows that change is different for everybody. Everybody doesn't like change. And some people stay the same just to avoid the change. And some people are right on with it. They're like, yeah, I'm ready to change. And, but it's never a united thing. And I think if he wanted to talk about the lack of unity, that's different. You know what I'm saying? But I don't believe it, slavery wasn't a choice because, one, we were, you were sold. You didn't have a mm-hmm. choice. You didn't go to the king and negotiate and say, well, king, I don't want to be sold to this boat. Can I go over here? The king just sold you for whatever reason. And I don't, he made a choice to sell you. But, you know, back in the day, slavery is more than 400 years because kings would conquer other kingdoms. And then the kingdoms that they conquered, they would become slaves. And so it was already there. But that doesn't make it a good thing, and it doesn't mean like nowadays to be able to say, okay, well, you guys have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to be able to live out your life the way you want to live it out. You know what I'm saying? Your credit score is good. You can have a house built. You you got a bank account. Everything you need and want, you don't have to want for nothing. Everything is supplied and provided for you. 
you have the ability to freely think and speak, and people going to listen. Even if they don't like it, they're going to listen. And when you put an album out, they're going to go buy it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the regular person does not have the ability to be able to uh, think freely. You know, and the new right. the new slavery is different. You know, you got new slavery, you got old slavery. New slavery is status. You know, you have the poor, you got the middle class, you got the wealthy, and it's a whole different thing, but it's meant to keep certain people in a certain position. And so I think PR is needed. Um, I don't too much care for people coming for Kim. I understood why they did, but I didn't like that. Because it's like he's grown, and he feel like he want to speak freely. For her, she can't just say out in public, well, you know, kind of, she got to stand behind him. She got to be like, well, you know, he's thinking free. He don't mean no harm, and then try to clean it up for him. But really, he needs some PR because it's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at all. Not at all. It's not helping at all. Okay, so I want I have a question for each one of y'all. Um, mm-hmm. If we were sitting here in 2022 talking about the things that you had accomplished between now and then, what are some of the things that we will be talking about? And let's start with Brandon. Um, as far as accomplishing, more more movies. Um, more uh, uh, Page Turner becoming the TV network. Um, more of charity work. Uh, more of mentoring. Uh, for for kids who wants to, who want to step outside the box. I'm very very big on creativity and coming into your own and self confidence. Um, and and building that self esteem up. Very big on that. That's probably the the few things that we would talk about there. All right, Jamal. My, let's see. Okay, so <laughs> we're in the future. We're setting it up. We're in the future. I would definitely be um, somewhere within a project. I, I've, I'm interested in space exploration and combining media with it. So I've been working on a project with that. Um, One big thing that that kills me, kills me, kills me, and is a big issue, uh, if we were sitting talking in the future, I would actually have probably about 10 to 20 different, you know, big, big 3D printers that can print houses for homeless people. Um, Mm -hmm. That I would probably buy up as many vacant buildings as I can and make it into a communities where the people, mm-hmm. or homeless people that live there, maintain the building and maintain the grounds so we can eradicate. I can't do it in the world. Maybe I can. Right now I'm thinking in my city. That's a big issue with me. So space and media exploration, fixing the homelessness problem, at least starting in my city. And, um, you know, possible, you know, uh, weapons, I know this is crazy, but, you know, weapons and, you know, mechanizing robotics and media uh, and all the ties in the media. So those would be some of the things that we would talk, we would definitely be talking about. Absolutely. And Mike? Uh, With me is, uh, I would say definitely doing more movies, music, um, but also, 
educating uh, the black the, the black people, uh, men and women, uniting them and, and building something really big. I think that's something that will be talked about in the future of building something really big with black people and um, and really doing something for the education system uh, to to help empower uh, black people and give them that pride back and that that uh, that, that that old sixty sixty uh, vibe that we used to have, you know, with the, with the medallions and the picks in the hair and all that type of good stuff. But um, yeah, you know, just just that that black love again, and uh, you know, more good music and great movies that that can depict uh, all the, our situations. I love it. Now y'all know here on Let's Chat we like to end on a fun note. We like to do a little fun. Tony normally does it, but Tony is out. We wish her speedy recovery. But Miss Maria, she got a good one for y'all. What you got for us? Did we lose Maria? Uh oh. Oh, I'm excited too. Uh oh, I'm excited too. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. We Hello. Can. Okay. I can't wait to hear the answers to the to this question. You are a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jamal, start with you. Oh, okay. I'd be called this color called blah, 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 because <laughs> that's because. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> that's what my color be. It just be. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Don't <laughs> because. Wow. <laughs> well, what see, you, <laughs> well, see, you would need like all four of the sides of the crown to like spell all that. But that's what I would be, and just like the the color would just be like outstandingly W T H. What be like? That's what mine would be. So. Okay. I think. All right. Okay. And Mike. Mike. I think mine. I, I think mine would be called. I think mine would be called New Black. Right. Mm. Mine oh. would be called New Black because it's, it, it's dominant and all colors can come from it. So therefore, when you use my New Black crayon, whatever color you think of. Whenever you draw, that's what comes out of crayon. Oh, yes. Love it. <laughs> Brandon? Mike, Mike actually took mine, but I'm going to rename mine. All right. You know, <laughs> yeah, the same crayon. Right, you know, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of black, of course, um, but I'll call it crunchy black or purple black. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because I've seen some people in the world that are so black, they're like blue or purple, <laughs> and it's like the most most beautiful skin I ever uh, yes. seen. Yes, yes, it's beautiful. I, where are they from? I think they're from like I want I want to say Australia, like somewhere over there. I I'm not gonna even call it a third world country, but their skin color is so beautiful. It's it's literally blue or purplish. So it's I, blurple, I know what you're blurple. talking about. Yeah, there you go, blurple. There it is. Blurple. That's your color. Your color will be blurple. <laughs> there it is. Shout out to Prince. You know what I mean? Blurple. <laughs> so we have blurple. We have blurple. We have new black. And we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. 
I love it. We appreciate you guys coming to take time out. We know your premiere is tomorrow. We want everybody to shout yeah. out to social media. Shout out any uh, events outside of tomorrow. Uh, but for tomorrow, you said it's sold out. So are you guys going to take this to different cities? Let us know what's going on and how we can see the deal. We're going to start with Jamal. Well, um, actually, uh, I, this is like new news to, to anybody. I haven't really officially launched this. So this is actually kind of exclusive, but... We will be launching in other theaters, but the biggest thing is we actually have churches um, in different states, actually, that want to do private screenings inside their churches. So we actually will be doing – it looks like our next official launch will be in Delaware, actually. Um, we have a couple, of, a couple of places in New York that we're eyeing, but right now for sure – definitely outside we're definitely bringing it to churches for private screening so you you never know we may be in your area very very soon well we need you in atlanta oh uh, oh i'm saying in general atlanta oh that's that's like not that's it's done it's done we got that yo <laughs> so yeah good on atlanta that <laughs> is the city to bring it to yeah it's done that's already on the list that's at the top of the list so Awesome. Well, let me know so I so we can have our ticket. We we gonna come again. We gonna knock on the door. Make sure you let us in. Oh, I thought you don't know us. <laughs> because now nah, we I got y'all VIP. Okay, because right. I, I would hate hate to have to charge you for that um that that one, that little piece for the horror film. Well, what piece? <laughs> hey, hey, what piece you talking about? <laughs> oh, now how we have convenient amnesia. Wow. 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 Nah, we love you. Wow. <laughs> nah, nah, we, nah, we love you. We love you so much, guys, for real, straight love up. Love you, yo. too. Awesome. <laughs> Mike? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Atlanta pretty often. You know, I, I got family out there, too, and, uh, I, I, that's where I do most of my shows at is in Atlanta. So, you know, I'm always between Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta. So, hey, you know, it's definitely it's definitely something that can happen. All right, you All said right. South Carolina. That's my neck of the woods. I'm from South Carolina, so that's awesome. There we go. All right. <laughs> and shout out to your social media, Mike. Oh, social media, uh, definitely MikePain.com. Uh, that's the website. Um, also, uh, Facebook, you can Facebook me at, you know, Mike Payne, just my name, P-A-I-N, and, uh, Mike Payne Nation is, uh, my Instagram, so, and same thing for Twitter, same thing for Twitter, it's called, uh, The Nation, Mike Payne. All right, and if somebody wants to get a hold of the album? You can definitely get a hold of the album for the kids, uh, on Spotify, on iTunes, on, uh, Tidal. Amazon, uh, all those, all those networks. You can get uh, the album. Uh, you just type in "Hip Hop Black History Volume One" and you'll be able to get that. And Brandon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, shout out to y'all first of all for having me on this great show, man. I really enjoyed myself um, talking about various topics, you know, as far as the movie and Kanye West, and you know, my new cover color, Blurple. So definitely shout out to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but 
for that. Definitely shout out to Takeover Productions and I Am Blessed Productions as well, too. Um, I would love to come out to Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta a few times, and I, I, I love it out there. Definitely love it out mm-hmm. there. So you might have to show us around if we come down there, right? Definitely. Food. Definitely. Best food spot. Yeah, I need, yeah. Yeah, def, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want all of that. I want you to show me, show me everything. Everything. Well, <laughs> we appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We're gonna before y'all leave out, I want everybody to wish my brother a happy birthday, Boss One. Oh. Happy birthday all happy the way. Birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, yes, his birthday and is also, tomorrow. Yeah, also can I have happy birthday. Wish you many more. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, happy Big birthday, day. yo. Fabulous Big producer. Day. He's making he's working on his album, so shout out to Boss One. Mr. Dope Skills, we appreciate you here at Let's Chat and we wish you nothing but the best on your birthday. Yes indeed. We appreciate And also you can guys. we all uh, give a give a quick shout, shout out to the cast, you know, the ones that that yeah. wasn't on here. Uh, we got, yes. you know, uh, Steve, uh, we got Mecca, we got uh, Cashmere, we Definitely. got Tanya Jackson, um, who else, who else, my EF, uh, we got, uh, who, who am I missing, y'all? Deshaun Nelson. Deshaun Nelson, right? Yeah, so definitely shout out all of them. I appreciate yeah. it. Quentin, <laughs> Quentin, Quentin Garris, uh, Tavio Sean Costin, uh, Gloria Johnson, Pastor uh, Shuff. Just everybody to help put this movie together. And again, big shout out to y'all. Thank you so much for having us again. Definitely, definitely. It was definitely our pleasure. And congratulations on the movie. Good luck tomorrow. You know, everybody's going to enjoy it. I know they will. I know you're going to be spilling tea, Jamal. I know. But, you know, people, they're going to take that tea and be like, I can either tell somebody he's spilling tea about me or I can keep it to myself and keep it rolling. So we know you're going to be spilling some good tea. We can't wait to have y'all on so y'all can tell us what happened. Um, We got to know what happened at the cast, how many phone calls y'all got. Mm-hmm, because I know yes. you're going to get some phone calls like, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> What's that saying? It's on and popping. It's going to be on and popping. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations to you all. Shout out to Tanya. We love you. We appreciate you. You are always Why looking out for us. Chat. Yes, she's always, always looking out. Every time she has a client, she is always contacting me, so I appreciate her. I appreciate you guys, and we will see you guys next time. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, you again. You yes. are more than welcome. You guys have a great evening. All right. Bye-bye. This was a great, great show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate everybody that supports Let's Chat. If you just tuning in and you miss all this, much of this great interview we had, no worries. Just go back and check our archives out at blogtalk.com. You can actually pick us up on any podcast app. It's Let's Chat with Miss MZ, Tony, and Alicia. 
it'll pop up. You can hear all 197 of our shows. We are rolling up on our 200th show that we will have uh, closer to the end of um, May. So I'm excited that we have our 200th show here on Let's Chat. Thank you, Maria, for coming to kick it with us and filming in for Miss Tony. Pleasure, you did a my pleasure. Awesome I had As a ball. <laughs> yes. We love you guys. We will see you guys. We don't have a show next. Our next show is the 17th. Tony should be back then. And we have the fabulous Seth Ferranti. He has the new movie out about White Boy, the new documentary about White Boy Rick. That's out. He's going to be in the chat room. Swiss Sloan is going to be in the chat room. And the fabulous Raquel Williams will be in the chat room. So we can see you guys on the 17th next um, next event that we will be at is the Hustle and Grind. I will be in Detroit on the 19th at Hood Books with uh, Reese World Authors. We will be talking that talk, everything books, Hustle and Grind with Hood Books, the all-day event. Make sure y'all come out and support. It is going down. It's one of the biggest book events in the city. Shout out to the fabulous Michelle Moore. I, talk, I call her the Connect because she is the... Street Lit Connect, you find every author you can think about in her store, Hood Books, um, and it's on 7 Mile, 2407 East 7 Mile Road. So make sure y'all come out, readers. Quan is going to be there, Brenda Hampton, Miss Shan, T.C. Little, C.M. Phillips, Blacktop, Raquel Williams, Joe Awesome. It's going down, so make sure y'all meet me there. We're going to be in Detroit turning up. We love y'all and good night. Good night. <laughs> this your boy Joe got it. This This I really need it.